Um, but there's also just, you know, plenty of just Sherlock Holmes and the two sticky glue and shit like that. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Yeah, And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Yeah! Mm-hmm. Hey, there's some things going on in the world, aren't there? Just maybe one or two. <laughs> Just a few. Just a few things. Um, I wanted to... I think I just want to tell everybody that we here at CinemaSins and the Sincast are with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, we support it. Um, I think that there is a tendency uh, to say that you are not for it because of rioters and looters and things of that nature. And um, to me, those are distractions from the actual message. Uh, I feel like when we focus on rioters and looters and things like that, we are purposefully obfuscating the message that is being uh, put out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, I think it makes some people feel better about, not supporting one movement because there is something else going on out there that they'd rather focus on. And, um, so it's, uh, it's something that, I, you know, we sort of felt that we needed to put out there. And I know that some people probably out there don't like the idea of us bringing this up, but I thought we should. Um, yeah. There was a a tweet that a friend gave me from a poker vlogger, of all people, that said, uh, whether it's due to genuine misunderstanding, lack of education on the history of our systems, or something more sinister, when someone replies to Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter, they are missing slash ignoring the inherent to, T-O-O, after B-L-M. And uh, that's from Andrew Nimi. Um I also think that some people are adding an only to that. Like we don't know what it's the three of us do not know what it's like to be black in the, in this country. But you know what? I've also heard this happens everywhere. This is Mm. in, this is uh, in, this is a worldwide problem. Um, And the reason why we don't hear about more George Floyd's from like Spain or from France or whatever uh, this was told to me by somebody who who uh, regularly talks to me on Facebook. Uh, is that there are different news organizations in each country, and they're not as big as like a CNN or whatever, and it's pretty much stays in those countries. So you don't you don't see those type of things from other countries all over the place. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we don't know what it's like to be black. None of us do, um, and uh, it's you hear this message enough. I tend to believe it, right? Uh, it's, it's something that's been going on for years and years and years and years. Um, the it's, I don't mean, I don't mean to be glib. uh, I'd make a glib comparison, but when I was working in movie theaters, if I heard a bunch of people come out and say something was wrong with the movie, I didn't not believe them. 
you know, like I would go <laughs> and try to go fix it. Yeah. Uh, you always knew who was like trying to get refund passes and who was actually concerned about the problem. But you know, there's a, it, I don't, like I said, I don't mean to make a glib comparison, but like enough, you hear this enough and it's like, it's time to believe it's time to, it's time to change things. Yeah. And, um, so we are, we are firmly behind it. Yeah. At the, at the risk of, I mean, I think we should probably just kill it pretty quick after that and not say too much because I don't, I don't want to look performative. Right. Uh, but I don't think the fact that we are white should mean we should stay silent about this issue. And I think there are, is a great need for allies uh, and, and that's all I was trying to do with my tweets. And that's all we're trying to do here is, is say that, you know, we will continue to listen and learn and do what we can to be allies to the black lives matter movement. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's probably true across the entire company, which is only six people. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, that we, uh, we fully support this movement and I think it was worth saying for sure. So. Yeah. If there's any doubt <clears throat> as to where, our allegiances lie or where our opinions lie, our support lie, uh, wanted to make that uh, explicitly clear. Um, I've, I've got more to say uh, that, that has to do with my family that I'll, I'll pause right now. Uh, but yes, I, I echo everything that Chris and Jeremy said. Well, and I just also one one more tag on this is I don't think this is a political statement we're making. I don't no. think this 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 is a political issue. Uh, if you want to respond to this by saying leave politics out of it, uh, we did. Uh, this is not politics. This is this surpasses that. And uh, I I. I have nothing else to say. Sorry. <laughs> no, we could uh, we could go in great depth. I actually had a lot of things prepared just in case it did, but um, but yeah, I'm fine with uh, with uh, leaving it the uh, leaving it at that. Um, but uh, yeah, I felt like it was was necessary to bring that up. And now I guess we'll get into what we normally get into on the on the Sincast, which is we're going to complete our road trip today. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all. The road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Road trip. Uh, road trip, I call it. Reverse shotgun. British yes. shotgun. <laughs> uh, we left off after the R's last time. <laughs> and we're now in the S's. And uh, and it starts off with a good one, man. I haven't seen it, but it's a good one. <laughs> Scenes of a sexual nature. Oh, it sounds yeah. good. Uh, yeah, it really sounds um, uh, evocative, doesn't it? What's funny about this is that uh, sex is mentioned. It's it's episodic. It's it's a bunch of vignettes. It's a bunch of people uh, in Hampstead Heath, uh, which I guess is like Boston Commons, Central Park, something like that, uh, in London. And they're all like laying down, they're picnicking and they're, you know, talking and stuff like that. It's very dialogue driven. There's no sex in this movie. Uh, it's just talked about. And it's got a terrific cast, man. It's got Ewan McGregor, Tom Hardy's in this, Andrew Lincoln, uh, Eileen Atkins, Hugh Bonneville. Uh, oh, uh, Catherine Tate, uh, who's tremendous in this. Um, so I'd totally, totally recommend this one. Uh, just for the dialogue alone and the uh, the kind of interesting uh, situations that they're working through. Hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, it looks like uh, Adrian Lester from Primary Colors is in this. Um, mm-hmm. Sophie Okonedo is in this as well. Mark Strong. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, Mark uh, Strong is in everything. He really <laughs> is. Uh, Gina McKee, who a lot of people have seen in uh, In the Loop. Um, uh, a lot of, lot of good people in this. Yeah. Is it good? It, yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah. It's, right. uh, I, I love these dialogue-driven... Um, smart, funny, uh, you know, even the, the, the vignette type of things like coffee and cigarettes, the Jim Jarmusch movie that came out not too long ago. Like that's just my jam. So this is very much like that. Just not as artsy. Uh, next on the list is Scrooge, uh, slash all the Christmas Carol movies. Um, which, what's our, what's our favorite ones? Uh, I know a lot of people like the George C. Scott one. A lot of people like this one. Uh, they they say the Albert Finney one is the best. Mm. Um, well, the Muppets is the right answer, but mm. I think a lot of people wouldn't consider that to be like a true, for some reason, like I I don't know Christmas film purists or what have you. We always watched the musical, um, with all the songs. And was it who was the Scrooge in that one? I think it was Albert Finney. Is that the one you're talking that's about? The, yeah, that's the 1971, right? Yeah, that's. I think that's the one with all the singing. Yeah, it's the one with all the singing. And, and my wife grew up watching the George C. Scott one. And so when I showed her the musical one, she was like, what's with all these stupid songs? And when I watched the George C. Scott one, I was like, where's all the fucking songs? Well, I, grew up, I grew up with Scrooged, so that was my favorite. Muppet Christmas Carol, I think, takes the taco at this point. But, takes, uh, the I still- takes the taco. I still love me some Scrooge. That that the movie was made by cocaine, and uh, and I love it. Uh, it's just so nineteen eighties. The uh, the the did you say Scrooged? Yeah, the Bill Murray one. Oh, okay, isn't that a New York one though? Isn't that re relocated to New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's I mean it's a Christmas story, a Christmas Carol. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a little bit away from our road trip though, Barrett. That is true. <laughs> just a wee uh, bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I I don't know if I have a favorite. I I, I think the George C. Scott is the one that I I've seen the most um, as well. Um, that Jim Carrey one, the Robert Zemeckis animated one, is not was not did not do much for me. No, it it's really well done, and it's really close to the 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 original uh, source material. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's just that. It came out when we were too old for it to really like connect with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, the the Mickey's Christmas Carol was the one that uh, I remember uh, watching. <laughs> that was the first one that I ever saw, the first uh, iteration of that story. And it yeah, was before it was before it was a short that was before some movie that came out in the early '80s, and I can't remember which one it is right now. We've even discussed that before. Um, yeah, and they and then they replayed it every year. I have these weird. Uh, associations with that movie or that short or that cartoon. <clears throat> I remember very specifically them like slicing the bean so mm-hmm. thinly. Cause that's the only thing that they could get. Yeah. yeah and I also yeah. remember that it was always associated with the McRib because the McRib would only make an appearance in like December for yeah. some reason. <laughs> and so I would always get a McRib if I can watch Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's weird. Like life is weird. You do know that the McRib now has been. It's been revealed. They basically only bring that out when the pork price drops to a certain low point, and they buy a bunch of it, and the McRib is back, and they just don't 
they don't want to pay the normal pork price to put it on the menu forever. There you go. So there you it's go. It's still delicious. <laughs> hey, America, McDonald's is still smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh that's. I thought you were saying my nickname. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy Circus is Ian Ian Jury Jury uh-huh. uh, from new uh, from the is a new wave icon. Uh, what what uh, what was he a part of? Ian Jury. He was a part of a bunch of different uh, groups. Um, oh, uh, the Blockheads uh, was one. Um, he did some solo stuff. And, uh, yeah, that was the main thing. He was just like a new wave, like pioneer, one of those, like, uh, Andy Warhol types where he was everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and kind of mixed in with uh, new order and with, um, with, uh, joy division. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, Andy circus is really good in this only saw it once, but, uh, I remember enjoying it. There's an episode of Frasier. Um, apologies if I told the story four years ago. Uh, just like there is in Seinfeld, where the new upstairs neighbor is a rock and roll band. <laughs> and so Frazier and Daphne and Martin can't get any sleep, and they're all mindlessly singing this death and burning, na 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 na, flesh is burning. <laughs> na, na. At one point in the middle of the episode, when Frazier's just fed up with their rock and roll, he screams up at the up at the ceiling, "Doesn't anyone have time for sex and drugs?" <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, next one on the list is sexy beast. Um, this is the Ben Kingsley tour de force, uh, role. He is fucking great in this. Um, I think it's, is it Ray Winstone? Who's the other guy in this? Uh, it has been a while since I've seen it. It came on recently and I saw like the, the ending of it and just Ben Kingsley, such a just so brutally good in this movie. Yeah, um, I can't remember if he. I think he may have gotten nominated. I don't think he won, but um, yeah, he got he got nominated. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, sexy beast. What what do we know about that? What do we what do we want to say? <laughs> Sex beast. Yeah, sex <laughs> beast. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, so uh, the the guy Ray Winstone used to be a gangster, and he got out of the life somehow, kind of like That's a John Wick right. type of thing. And so Ben Kingsley, this badass gangster, um, comes down to recruit him to, to go back into a job that Ian McShane is, is arranging and all that. And, uh, he actually isn't in, Ben Kingsley isn't in the movie all that much. Like they cause he stays at the, uh, the villa, I think. Um, and while Ray Winstone does the, the, the work, and uh yeah this movie is just kinetic and funny and he's hilarious while also being intimidating and uh it's really good. Uh, yeah, Jeremy have you seen this one? Nope. He says something and that you will need the subtitles by the way. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> um the uh the, he there's a scene in here I think it's the it may have even be the Oscar clip where where cuz Winstone is just giving him this whole I'm not going to do this I'm I'm out I'm blah 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 and he's like say like, your answer isn't supposed to be no your answer is supposed to be yes your answer is supposed to be yes and he, he's good and then, then there's a point where he just breaks out and he just go like yes 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he's so good in this I don't know uh, what uh in 2000 I don't know who won uh the award over him maybe did Joaquin Phoenix win 
no. Joaquin Phoenix won his first one uh, last year. Denzel. Uh, it, oh, it Denzel may have been. for Training Day. Was he, was he supporting? No, in 2000, supporting actor. Let me see. Uh, I just like saying Denzel. Well, it's <laughs> a got good, a good <laughs> I mean, he did do Training Day, that, and he did win the Oscar that year. And well, that was, was for 2001. The 2002 Oscars, he would have gotten that, yes. Uh. Um, maybe this movie says 2000 on the IMDb, mm. but it came out in 2001, mm. and that probably would be Denzel. Mm. And Jeremy would be right. I also liked saying Denzel, even if I'm right. Uh, Jim Broadbent for Iris won that year. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Weird. Um, Weird. <laughs> I tried to explain that scene in Death Wish to somebody the other day. <laughs> it's just impossible. You have to see it. Yeah, Ethan um, Hawke was, was nominated, by the way, that year. Ian McKellen for fellowship of the ring mm-hmm. and John Voight for Ali and Jim fucking Broadbent won that yeah. over Ben Kingsley, Ethan Hawke. John Voight's car. Yeah. You would, you would think that, uh, the Ben Kingsley one would have, uh, would have, uh, wooed everybody, but Jesus Christ, I have not seen Iris, so I don't know, but I'm yeah. going to assume that they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they usually are. Mm-hmm. Um, Shanghai Nights, the sequel to Shanghai Noon. Oh, boy. This teams up Jackie Chan with Owen Wilson, and hilarity ensues. Wow. A second time. A second time. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I did mention the Shanghai Noon, by the way. I'm sorry. I missed um, it. Uh, but uh, the, the this is, uh, yeah, they go to England, and, and it rains all the time, and Owen Wilson's like, England blows. You know? Yeah. It's <laughs> like the, the joke. Fish out of water reversed, and uh, it's pretty forgettable, man. I mean, Shanghai Noon is pretty forgettable, but mm-hmm. at least when I first watched Shanghai Noon, I had a good time. Uh, the first time I watched Shanghai Nights, it's like, you know, the same thing in reverse. Uh, yeah. All I'm just saying is most people don't remember that Littlefinger is the bad guy in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> is that Aiden Gillen? Yeah, there's a sword fight inside Big Ben. And then there's <laughs> yeah. that one joke that always makes me laugh that I've said before where they're hanging off the arms of Big Ben and Owen Wilson goes, I can see our hotel from here. <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it's amazing Aiden Gillen, like, uh, like I knew him for the longest time as the mayor of Baltimore in The Wire. Right. And and then he he just went and did something even more iconic after that, and you can't you can't see you can't look at him without thinking of Littlefinger anymore. Yeah. Um, but like all through the first two seasons, I was just like, "That's that mayor guy from from The Wire." <laughs> uh, yeah, your boy uh, Donnie Yen is in this. Donnie Yen is in what? Uh, Shanghai Nights. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, that's how forget- forgettable that movie is. <laughs> you forget that yeah. Donnie Yen is in it. Yeah. <clears throat> this was, I guess, towards the, like, this is where Jackie Chan was still kind of getting some action. I don't know. They, they The Rush Hour series was obviously big. And then they, they kept trying to pair him with other comedic actors. and Like Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that the t- tuxedo? The tuxedo, yeah. <laughs> I, I watched that movie. <laughs> yes, well-known comedian <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. She was laugh riot on Party of Five. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, <sighs> next on the list Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Directed by John Madden. You know, <laughs> if this movie hadn't fucked over Saving Private Ryan, I think mm-hmm. I could speak decently highly of this movie. I think it's mm-hmm. a charming little movie. Yeah. But the disparity between those two and the overall quality. When you say Shakespeare in Love, I want to grumble. I want to. Yeah, I know. But it's not a bad movie. I enjoyed it. I've seen it twice. Um, yeah. You know, Ben Affleck is in it. How bad could it be? God, <laughs> he know, is definitely you know, the worst part of it. Oh, yeah, he is for sure. You know what I love about you, English? Octopussy. I must have seen that movie twice. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. <laughs> I uh, caught this fairly recently and liked it a lot less than I remember it. I do like the the dialogue because it's uh, your boy Tom Stoppard wrote it mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or co-wrote it. He is uh, my boy. But uh, it's a it, it, there's a lot of Americans doing British accents poorly, <laughs> including mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow yep. uh, in this movie. And it's I, I did not like it as much as I did before. Yeah, this is, I don't know if this is the start of this kind of genre of film where uh, it focuses on a writer and their everyday life is what contributed to their, to to their works. (laughs) Uh, It's like the, it, it actually, I don't know if it becomes overbearing in this movie where just everywhere Shakespeare goes, he seems to run into something that it becomes inspiration for a later uh, thing that he wrote or whatever it, it, there is a lot of those references in this in this uh in this thing uh i believe judy dench got nominated for her like five minutes of screen time in this she movie did. yeah she, she sean did. connery that shit didn't she she <laughs> did she did this was the year you had this weird year in 98 where it was three world war ii era films you had saving private ryan the thin red line and you had life is beautiful all up for best picture and then you had two Elizabeth, Elizabethan era movies. You had Elizabeth. So Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. was nominated for being Queen Elizabeth, the same Queen Elizabeth, but a younger version. And then you had Judy Dench nominated for being Queen Elizabeth, the older version. Um, but uh, what a, a very strange year. And yeah, if there was any sort of like evidence that you wanted to point to that the Oscars may get bought a lot of times, it's that it's this weird thing where it's like, let's give Shakespeare and love the best picture, but give Spielberg his due as well as the director of saving private Ryan, even though that movie's clear, that movie's clearly better. Let's give Shakespeare and love the, the, the trophy there. I don't, Man. I don't know how that all works. It's crazy that queen Elizabeth was queen during Shakespeare times and all the way up through today. You're right, right. I mean, she's she been is queen a long time. Four hundred years old, dude. She's God. old. She's mm-hmm. old. Have you seen her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I I kind of I kind of like this movie too, and I think it's in the same boat with Jeremy. There uh, is just the fact that it beat Shake uh, Saving Private Ryan. That's just 
it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't <laughs> um, and I would be fine with it. It would be, it'd be a nice little discovery, I guess. If you if if it had not won Best Picture, you'd be like, oh, this movie's kind of good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think it should have won Best Picture or anything, but you know, good. Yep. Um. Yes, all the Sherlock Holmes movies. All uh, all of them. All of them. There are a million of them. <laughs> there are uh, hundreds of them probably at this point. I've, I've seen an old version of uh, Hound of the Baskervilles. I can't remember who played. Uh, I it? saw that. It was a 39, 1940, somewhere around there. Yeah, I, I saw that. I have to look this up. I can't remember who played Sherlock Holmes in that. Um, it was Queen Elizabeth. It was, was Queen it- Elizabeth. <laughs> it was Basil Rathbone. Oh basil. yeah, yeah. Um, I have a basil plant outside. I named it basil. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are several Hound of the Baskervilles that have been made um, oh. uh, over the years, uh, but that was the one that I saw, the nineteen thirty nine one. Um, but there's also just you know plenty of just Sherlock Holmes and the two sticky glue and shit like that. <laughs> It's like, like a Hardy Boys one. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, this glue's too sticky. <laughs> this glue's too sticky. <laughs> so that's what call Sherlock Holmes. That's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, this glue's too sticky. How can we get somebody to to figure this figure this mystery out? The case of the too sticky glue. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) i'm looking up sherlock holmes right now to see all the different titles that there are there are uh 63 adaptations of sherlock holy shit apparently including ones we'll talk about later like without a clue and stuff like that Um, um yeah many many just called sherlock holmes uh some are like sherlock holmes returns and uh, the memoirs of Sherlock Holmes and the private life Sherlock of Sherlock Gnomes. Right, 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 right. Um, and um, there's uh, the ones that we know the best are the 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 Robert Downey Jr. one that Guy Ritchie, the Guy Ritchie did two of those. Um, we also know the Benedict Cumberbatch BBC uh, Sherlock. Um, and there's <laughs> there's a. Uh, there's young Sherlock Holmes, which was a big thing in the eighties where you had young everything. Um, that was, a maybe my favorite up until the, the Cumberbatch, uh, series. Mm-hmm. Uh, now young Sherlock Holmes could have examined the two sticky glue. Could that have. was right in his purview. <laughs> glue is too sticky. Uh, but, uh, Chris Columbus wrote, uh, the, uh, uh, young Sherlock Holmes. It was directed by Barry Levinson. Yeah, and I think, think Spielberg was a producer on that too. Spielberg did Young Indiana Jones and Young Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I don't know if he was or not. Henry Winkler was actually a producer on this. Yeah, one. Spiel- Spielberg was a producer on uh, Young Sherlock Holmes, and okay. I believe he was also what was the other one that you just said? Young Indiana Jones. Yeah, with, Young uh, Indiana Jones. You know what's his name? Who was Flannery. that? Not Flannery. Oh, Sean Patrick Flannery? Yeah, Sean Patrick Flannery. Okay, I was right. I was uh, right for once. Powder. I like that one a lot, too. <laughs> powder. <laughs> actually, powder. It doesn't, actually, it looks like Spielberg wasn't a producer on the young Indiana Jones. George Lucas was, but... That's interesting. 
That is interesting. You would have thought he would have taken at least a few thousand bucks just for. Right. He probably did. Found a way. Um, But yeah, in the 80s, it was like young Einstein and it was like young Sherlock Holmes. Young everybody. Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Young Frankenstein. Um, But uh, yeah. Is there any particular favorite Sherlock Holmes of yours at all? Is that. that My favorite is the Sherlock Holmes in the case of the two runny eggs. (laughs) (laughs) I think think that was the team up with the three investigators. They got that one really, you know, they got that, they nailed that one down. I would probably say Cumberbatch is my favorite, and I've never seen any of the Cumberbatch ones. (laughs) 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 Because I don't don't like the Robert Downey Jr. ones. Um, And uh, I never saw a young Sherlock Holmes. And I don't remember the older ones that I saw very well. And I think Cumberbatch is awesome. So I'll go with that. I saw an episode of Elementary, which is an Americanized oh, yeah. Lucy Lou version. Uh, and it was not good. So Yeah, that has oh, really? uh, Johnny Lee Miller as the, as the yeah, guy. Yeah, or as I call him, Angelina Jolie's ex-husband. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> I they, thought it they, was all right. There, oh, were, there of course, been many like things that have spun off of Sherlock Holmes as well. You had uh, House, the whole TV series House was basically that. Uh, Zero Effect is Sherlock Holmes essentially. Um, so yeah, uh, a a a major influential story. Uh, in it. But but there's uh, there's not many that you point to that are just great movies there's the you know, like with the cumber the cumberbatch bbc thing is probably the best thing that we have i mean i don't know I, the, the hand of the baskervilles from 39 that's a good movie i don't wouldn't go back and be like oh that's they got to go back to that and revisit that you know yeah and the and the robert downey jr ones especially the first one is is not unwatchable but it's not it's just so fucking guy richie that it's it's it takes the piss out of Sherlock Holmes. He's mm-hmm. a fucking bare knuckle boxer that can think in advance and plan and all this, and it just doesn't make sense. When they do it with the Cumberbatch one, where you see the images of what he's putting together in his head, it, it can go a little far. But at least that makes more sense than uh, something like the Robert Downey Jr. character. Yeah. Uh, next on the list is Shine. This is a. Uh, sort of Jeffrey Rush's um, introduction into the, uh, I guess being a famous actor because th- this was the first time I had ever heard of him. Um, mm. And he, uh, he puts in a great performance in this movie. I haven't seen this in forever. Um, right. Is this Lynn Redgrave that's in this one? Yes. Yeah. Lynn this Redgrave. A, is this the piano one where he plays flight of the bumblebee on the piano? Well, I think he does play that, but he plays the rock off too, or the rock three is the one that uh, that makes him have his psychotic break. What I most remember about this movie is right when the end credits hit, that uh, Collective Soul song, Shine, that guitar lick. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. It just seems out of place. Like, they shouldn't have done that. It's so weird. I know. It's weird. No, this movie is amazing. He's a, he's a prodigy, and he goes to London to uh, to study music. And... He's he's learned all these these classics and everything, but the one that he wanted to perform, I believe it's the Rock Three, uh, yeah, the Rock Rachmaninoff's Third Concerto, which is thought to be virtually unplayable by anybody but Sergei Rachmaninoff himself. Which I actually have a couple of copies of the uh, 
those recordings of him doing it. Uh, it's, it's impossible. And so he becomes so obsessed with this that he develops a psychotic break and basically everything is taken away from him. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's brilliant, but, uh, broken. I remember, um, when I went to piano camp, when I was 14, which I'm ashamed of, um, <clears throat> uh, I was like, okay, a piano camp, that'll be fun. A week of other piano players with, you know, intense training and recitals and whatnot. Um, and, uh, there was this girl there who, when she found out not only that I couldn't play Rachmaninoff music, but that I had never even heard of him, she ignored me the rest of the entire week. Mm-hmm. And she played, it wasn't this is obviously, a true story. yes, it wasn't obviously this one piece you're talking about, but at the end of the week recital, she played some impossible Rachmaninoff piece and everybody was like, holy crap, she's female piano Jesus. And I was like, she's a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 All right, then. <clears throat> Um, this one is on my, uh, list of shame, I guess. Sid and Nancy, uh, have not seen this. Man, let me just tell you, uh, I hated this movie. Oh, really? Um, and I think the performances are why people like it and that and their overall general affinity for Sid Vicious or is that who it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I only watched it because it's Gary Oldman, right? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and uh, I was on an Oldman kick, and he's great. I just the movie made me feel empty and dead, and uh, <laughs> and that's probably due to <laughs> the constant heroin abuse. Yeah, uh, man, it's not a fun. It's not. It's like the Requiem for a Dream of biopics. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know the the Sex Pistols were famously a flash in the pan, a big flash. Uh, but you know they put out the one album, then never mind the Bullocks. And uh, they became self-destructive. Johnny Rotten uh, went on to actually form another band, Public Image, uh, LTD. Um, But Sid Vicious just went down this, like you said, kind of gross, empty path. Along with him was his girlfriend, Nancy, uh, Nancy Spongen, who contributed to uh, his downfall. And the movie ends very abruptly and very interestingly, they actually chose an an explanation for her eventual death, which I was not aware of. Um, And uh, I guess I don't want to spoil it. It's from 1986. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting, especially if you're into the music and music history and stuff like that, but it ain't a pleasant watch. Mm. But Oldman is, you've never seen, you think you've seen every facet of Gary Oldman. You never seen him like this before. No. Cause no. you know, he, Sid vicious was, uh, into carving stuff into his chest during performances and stuff like that. He was mimicking doing that. Like th- he's amazing in this. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. He's amazing I, in that, uh, Beethoven movie, but it's still a sneal, a snore. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, mm-hmm. man. That immortal beloved is awesome. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, He's good in it, but that movie is a snoozer. If I need to, no, if I need to go to bed, I put that movie on. Is this is this the, is this this week's Robin Hood Prince of Thieves? <laughs> I hope Immortal not. Beloved. <laughs> I hope not. It's a beautiful movie with beautiful okay. music. Okay, you can um, have it. I'll give it to you. 
uh, more Gwyneth Paltrow being uh, having an English accent, I believe. Sliding Doors uh, is a movie that I don't think did anything when it came out, but now it's it's shorthand for any time uh, a movie does the whole "What if this happened instead?" Yeah. and uh, and so like Sliding Doors basically shows you what would have happened had Gwyneth Paltrow gotten off the subway or whatever in a, in a, in a quicker fashion or whatever. In one case, she, she comes home and sees her fiance cheating on her and the other, she never sees it. Um, and what the lot, what her life would be like uh, in both instances. So it keeps going back and forth between what's, what's happening in, I guess, both parallel universes and everything. Uh, do we like this movie? I'm, I I can't I haven't seen this in forever. I, I saw it once. It since uh, I saw it once, and 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 I remember thinking it was charming. But you're right; it has become the go-to term. Even though I'm not sure this is the first film or show to ever do this, but there's a whole again. Frasier comes up. There's a whole Frasier episode. Might even be called Sliding Doors. The, the mm. episode title where it does this <laughs> with. Uh, a, a girl that Frazier, like basically he has a terrible day in one and an awesome day in the other. <clears throat> um, but I remember thinking it was charming. I just haven't seen it since. I just, it's got the four weddings and a funeral guy in it, right? Um, the guy that uh, d- did the poem. Oh no. yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Um, I'm looking that Frazier episode. Uh, sliding Frasers. Sliding Frasers. There you go. Oh, that's it funny. came out in it came out in 2001. So, so three years later. So they were doing uh, a take on on that for sure. Um, but um, John John Hanna is that who you're looking for? Uh, Jeremy. Yeah, he's in a million things. I'm pretty sure that's the guy. Yeah, four weddings in yep. a funeral. Yeah, yeah, that's him. But yeah, I thought this was pretty charming when I saw it as well. But I haven't seen it since. Um, and uh, what? How about you, Barrett? You said did you. You like it? Same or? thing. Same yeah. thing. I think I think it was fine. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow. This is ninety eight. I mean, yeah. this is uh, this is really the prime of her career. Between you know, I, I like Great Expectations, uh, Sliding Doors. Wasn't she in that Proof movie that came out around this yep. this time? Mm-hmm. Uh, Shakespeare in Love. Like she was really just absolutely bounce dominant. The bounce. <laughs> Fucking yeah. fucking duets, duets, yeah. duets. Her and Huey Lewis. I know that we'll be cruising together. John John Hanna. In I, the reason I remember him from Four Weddings and a Funeral is he's the guy at the funeral who does that reading of that Stop All the Clocks poem. And I don't know if you remember that movie or that moment, but that moment is super emotional. He he gives an incredible reading of what is a classic poem as a eulogy. And that's what he's always stuck to my mind as the four weddings and a funeral guy. Yeah. Mm. I have seen that movie maybe twice, but the last time I saw it was a long time ago. So I don't remember that scene. Uh, but I remember that being good too. Well, the, listen, there are four weddings mm-hmm. and a funeral. Yeah. So you're basically yeah. saying you don't remember a whole 20% of the movie. Well, that's right. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you caught me red handed. What can I say? <laughs> what color are their hands now? Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, then snatch, snatch <laughs> guy, Richie's snatch. That was his follow up to lock stock and two smoking barrels. It's got the same kind of, uh, uh, deal where there's a multiple, multiple twisting storylines all converging into one thing by the end. Brad Pitt 
in one of his craziest performances trying to trying to speak that uh what was the, what's the dialect in that a gypsy dialect it's a uh, gypsy it's, it's dialect like, it's an irish gypsy uh specific dialect now i've heard people say that this is one of the worst accents in the history of accents i i don't know what that's supposed to sound like but i thought it's awesome well like, he's barely understandable to me you could also just interpret the fact that he may not be an irish gypsy and he's just doing that as an affect of some yeah, sort. that's true that's true um, but uh yeah there's something in there where he's like i want you to get the furniture back back in the place some weird thing about furniture in there like a big furniture rant um I haven't seen Snatch and I haven't seen Snatch in a long time. Um, <laughs> but no, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. And, um, and, and I, there's no real reason for it. It's just that I always pick lock, stock and two smoking barrels when it, when it comes time for me to watch a Guy Ritchie crime film. That's the movie I always gravitate towards. And, uh, and Snatch, I have it. It's in, it's in the office. I have this, I have that movie. Uh, but I, I need to revisit this because I know it's good. It's just got, it's just feels very samey, uh, to Lockstock. So mm-hmm. do you also have snatched the Amy Schumer, Goldie Hawn? I do have movie? that. Those two movies are side by side in my alphabetical <laughs> like, man, I can't wait until the, the day where there's a movie that can slide in between those two snatches. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i i can't wait either you know what i may have to i may have to uh make a special exception for my movie called dick and balls to go (laughs) take it out of the take it out of the alphabetical list i was just thinking mathematically there's bound to be a movie eventually called snatchy <laughs> right. Yo, let me see. Let me see what in the history of the world there. What's uh, let's see. Snatch, snatched. There's body snatchers. A movie like Snatchers would go after Snatched. <laughs> yes, it had to be Snatchy. E- no, Snatchy would snatched. too. Oh, oh, uh, unless you were. Uh, it would so have, it have to be, be like Snatchia. It would have to be something that starts with snatch and goes on. Snatcha. It would have to be like, uh, let's see, the mirror snatched. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen, I haven't had this much fun doing a podcast in months. <laughs> uh, next one on the list is Spice World. Yeah! I have seen... Oh. Shake it to the left if you're having a good time. Shake it to the right if you're... Shake it to the... Huh. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. the way it goes. I built the, uh, this movie. I watched this movie. I liked I this too. movie. Yeah, Yeah, you did. Spice World came out in I think January of ninety eight, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they they did it right. Like they did the movie right at the height of their popularity. They didn't like do this thing where like, hey, these the Spice Girls are really really popular right now. Let's develop a movie over the next year or two and then come <laughs> out with it. Like they did when they did they did that Cool as Ice when Vanilla Ice was already like completely like 
out of the out of the consciousness of every human being like let's come out with cool as ice three years after he was popular um but um spice world um i don't remember much about this movie at all is it is it about (laughs) them going on tour or some shit they're they're trying to make it to a concert i think at wembley stadium or something meatloaf is their driver (laughs) it's mm-hmm. <laughs> their driver and they get into all kinds of shenanigans it's delightful i guess he finally did that um <laughs> but uh yeah i haven't seen it in forever i think this was i, I for whatever reason i remember because i was at mtsu at the time and jonathan and uh a guy named brian they had this uh uh movie review show this like localist cable access a uh, movie review show and every once in a while i'd guest on it and spice world was was one of the ones that i was on the episode <laughs> reviewing that movie it's delightful man there's a it's it's got a it, it's it's doesn't take itself too seriously which is really really cool like and there's some genuinely funny stuff in there like uh alan cumming is like the director like a this is spinal tap type of uh, director that's trying to get footage and stuff like that. And they keep foiling him with the shots. Like he's setting up shots and he's not able to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Richard E. Grant is their, uh, their uh, tour manager and all that. Uh, it's just so much fun. It's just so much fun. I love, and I love the spice girls. I unironically love the spice girls. Jeremy, did you say you like this movie? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, I built it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. That's literally meatloaf. That's all I remember. Uh, and I had a crush on at least two of them because uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like twenty. Which ones? Um, the sporty one and the posh one. Sporty, yeah. posh, baby, not ginger, baby. not and ginger. scary. Scary, scary. I didn't. I wasn't attracted to scary, and posh was too cutesy. And I don't remember the the other one you just said. Ginger? I just the two the two brunettes. I thought they were both. Uh, you know, they'd make good Jeremy friends. well so you did like posh you you like uh, david beckham Beckham. came in and stole all my thunder Mm, i had a uh, spice girls poster up in my bathroom (laughs) 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 was it did you did you paste it over the nkotb poster that you had there before I don't know why that came up. I just remember staring at it because you stare at the stuff in your bathroom all the time because you're yeah. getting ready and you're yeah. doing other things. Yeah, I get yeah. boners getting ready too. <laughs> in my um, bathroom. <laughs> um, Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Uh, we've discussed before. This might be maybe the last Tim Burton movie that we can tolerate. I don't know. I'll um, tell you what, Helena Bonham Carter is the reason to see this movie, not even Johnny Depp. Like she can carry a tune. She's got the great accent. She's going all out. And Johnny Depp, he's, he's all right. Mm -hmm. The songs are really good. I don't remember. I don't remember this. I I know I saw it. I just don't remember much about it at all. I think I was in that phase of being very forgetful of what Johnny and Burton were doing. I mean, this is like R rated and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's dark as fuck, darkly comic. It's, uh, this is the exact type of thing that I feel like Tim Burton should be doing these type of type of things. But, um, anyway, that's the last movie that I remember really liking from Tim Burton. Um, Uh 
and the songs are good. The songs are songs are good. You have uh, Sasha Baron Cohen in there showing up. Oh yeah, uh, it's a uh, it's fun. Yeah. Um, a tale of two cities. You know, I don't think I've ever seen an ad- adaptation of a tale of two cities. Oh really? I think this I've, is one of those ones that that we watched at school uh, mm-hmm. to <laughs> shorthand, so that we didn't have to get into the verboseness that was Charles Dickens. Right. I read the Scott Forsman version of The Tale of Two City. I've never read the book. Um, just yeah. the whatever the passages that they want you to read or whatever. And, it's, and yet, and I, I never read the book. I don't think mm-hmm. I've seen a movie of this, but it's still one of the most, in my head, one of the most famous opening lines to a book of all time. It's got to be like number one. For some reason. Um, but yeah, that always sounded pretty boring to me. So, you know, like, like, like I said a couple of weeks ago about Dickens, I'm just like, well, I guess the, <laughs> a lot of people like to focus on the, the warning that's in that first line. The, the, it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. They're talking about France being at the worst of times, but England is headed towards uh, a France like thing is what the, what he's basically saying um, in there. I believe, isn't that how you remember it, Barrett? Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. so? Sort of a warning. France is at the worst of times, and England is at their best of times. They're at the uh, uh, Paris. Well, the two cities, I believe, are London and Paris. And Paris is during the Reign of Terror, uh, which is just a crazy uh, time in their history. Um, so yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's about like a almost like a Romeo and Juliet type of story, where one where the guy is trying to get to Paris to see his gal. That's mm-hmm. my breakdown of Charles Dickens' classic, yeah. The Tale of yeah. Two Cities. Such <laughs> symbolism. Um, yeah, uh, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I can't really tell you like much about it. And it's one of these all-time classics, and it feels like we're a bunch of like, you know, um, uh, uh, Philistines when we talk about this, you know, talk about Tale of Two Cities. But I don't know much else to say. I haven't ever seen any movies about it, for sure. Um Three men and a little lady. Oh, God. <laughs> they went to London for one of those? They did, man. Yeah. I did not remember like, that shit. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they had to go over. One of the guys, Tom Selleck, I think, is is uh, boning the other girl. This is better than your description <laughs> of Tale of Two Cities. What, Nancy Travis? It's Nancy Travis, yes. I think it's Tom Selleck and Nancy Travis are, are together and she gets a job in London. And so they somehow work out a way for them to, to all go over. And by this time she is now a little lady rather than a baby. She's mm-hmm. right. What, right. Because didn't they, didn't they make three of these or just the two? I only remember like the two, three, three men and a, <laughs> yeah, they, they <laughs> made teenager. <laughs> they, 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 that was a whole different movie, dude. Three men and the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Three men and the talk. Um, yeah, there were two of these in the in America, but uh, the uh, the first one was a remake of a French movie. Uh, 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 the uh, uh, Three Men and a Cradle was the. Uh, this was when uh, America wanted to remake every French comedy that there was back in the like day. My father, the daughter. My yeah. I totally remember that one. La Dude, my father, the hero. That movie is <laughs> fucked up, uh, man. It is. it is. Is the French original that fucked up? I 
I think it might actually be. Uh, Why is it so more fucked up? Fucked up? Well, uh, they pretend to be a couple, and she's like twelve. Yeah, and Catherine Heigl said that later on, when you know she became an adult, she was like, "Uh, yeah, uh, back in the day, I did not know." What, how, because she's there's a scene where she's in this like really teeny bikini walking around, and uh, and she's like, If I if if I knew now what I knew then, I would not have done that scene. Wow, um, and uh, and there's a and so the the laughs, quote unquote, come from the fact that uh, they think that uh, they're a cut that people think they're a couple or whatever. And there's a uh-huh. point where Gerard Depardieu sings, Thank goodness for little girls. Oh, everybody. God. Oh, God. I don't think, no, I don't think they go out and say that they're a couple. I just think that people think have assumed that they are a couple and that's where the jokes come in. So when he sings that song, everybody's like, Oh shit, dirty old man singing about little girls and stuff like that. But, um, I think that um I think that the French version I think it might be a little bit uh worse. I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> How you the say French. uh worse? <laughs> <laughs> uh Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Um I believe this was the first uh movie Gary Oldman got a nomination for. Yeah, um, I think so. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy considering uh his body of work uh over the years and uh yeah this was his first nomination um now i have not seen this but uh so i was hoping one of you guys have i remember this being good but very complex and i need to see it again huh. uh because it comes from one of those i think it's a john lacar yeah it's a john lacar uh spy novel mm-hmm. um and there's just like millions of people in this movie and millions of characters Here's the cast. Gary Oldman, Colin Firth, Tom Hardy, Mark Strong, uh, <laughs> John Hurt, Toby Jones, uh, uh, Kieran Hines, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, let's see. Anybody did you say else? Tom Hardy? Yes. Yeah, he did say Tom Hardy. Uh, they're, 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 and all of those guys, you know, like it's one of those movies when you watch it, especially in this era, 2011, you're like, oh yeah, I know Tom Hardy. And you're like, what is it? You know, like you're just and, and like his you, this whole the whole time you're like, OK, like I need to pay attention to this guy. But then there's like other like real famous people that start showing up and you're like and uh, it, I don't know. It, get, it starts getting confusing. There's so many characters and everything. Like I said, I need to see it again. But I remember I remember very much liking it. What I saw hmm. Hmm. everybody. Um, I mean, everybody swears by this author and by this movie. I I think they've made a couple of his. Uh, books into movies. Jonathan yeah. will probably know more, but the Russia uh, House one. is one. The the Sean Connery, re, Sean Connery, Michelle Pfeiffer, Russia House, uh, is a hmm. movie that came out in the early nineties. Um, I never saw that one. Um, let me see. He there was another one that was recent. I think that they came out with was his Russian accent as good as in the Hunt for Red October. <laughs> I'm sure it was brilliant. Um. <laughs> Oh, the constant gardener. Um, He gardens constantly, man. uh, Let's see. Yeah, he he gardens constantly. I mean, he's always out there gardening. Uh, A most wanted man. um, The tailor of Panama. The Russia house came out in 1990. The little drummer. I saw the tailor of Panama. That has uh, shine and Thomas crown in it. 
it does have Shine and Thomas Crown in it. <laughs> it also has Halloween in it. Um, <laughs> and a special appearance from Braveheart, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Um, uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. Team okay. Top Hat, uh, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen this, but I don't remember much about it. And I know, this, I know this is a classic. Yeah, this is as prime Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers as you can get. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was. You ever watch any of those? Like at, late at night at, on TCM, they they play those Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies, and I find myself watching them constantly, just like I'm gardening constantly. Right, right. But uh, it's it's truly amazing the way this guy moves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he moves oh, yeah. so effortlessly that. It doesn't look human. It's like how Michael Jordan used to play basketball, where mm-hmm. you're like, no, no, that that shouldn't be humanly possible. But the the guy, the way he moves his feet, the way he has this expression, uh, it's uh, it's amazing. And and Top was, Hat is one of my favorites. There was a uh, I was on watching a movie with a bunch of people one day. It was it was it was another like singing and dancing uh, movie. I don't remember the name of it, but. Um, but, uh, one of the women watching it was like, this was considered masculine back then. She wasn't saying that derisively. She was just saying this was considered masculine. This was mm-hmm. real men shit, uh, back in the day is somebody who could do this type of thing and everything. And over the yeah. years, it just sort of became like watered down as like not manly or whatever. But, uh, the shit that they're doing is fucking amazing in mm-hmm. these things. It's just um, as athletic as a basketball game or a soccer match or uh, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This guy, this guy was just absolutely pure, like rhythm. I don't know. Oh it's yeah. Just, it's crazy. I need to revisit that movie. Uh, but, uh, but I remember that being good. Um, Topsy Turvy, yet another Mike Lee movie that I've somehow just not seen. And I and I like Mike Lee movies, uh, the ones that I have seen. But like it, every time it seemed like he came out with one, it just there was it was always like scheduled in a weird way. I could never go out to see it wherever it was in the one theater that it came out in. And uh, so I so there are a lot of these Mike Lee movies that come up that I haven't seen. And I heard this is great, topsy turvy. <laughs> Jim Broadbent in this. It is, but it's just. It's just a little boring, and okay. it used to be my girlfriend's dad's favorite movie, and so he would always put it on on the weekends I was over there, and I watched it a million times, and I fell asleep to it a million times. It's, it's about perfectly Gilbert good. Sullivan. Huh? It's about mm. Gilbert and Sullivan. Yes. Yes. It's perfectly mm. good, but a little bit boring, and mm-hmm. it can it can kiss my ass. <laughs> okay. Uh, next movie on the list V for Vendetta You're evil You're <laughs> evil Episode on this shit oh, Man, this movie has never been more timely If you haven't seen it in a while, put this shit in mm-hmm. uh, And you will You will see how Easily it could go From where we are today To where this uh, movie and graphic novel Depicts mm-hmm. uh, It's a slippery, slippery slope uh, But it's also, I think uh well, I think it's properly rated now, but for the first five so years, ten years after it came out, I think it was underrated. Um, uh, the Wachowskis produced this, 
mm-hmm. um, which is probably the only reason it ever got my attention in the first place, because uh, I'm a big Matrix lover. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody's good in this. Uh, Natalie Portman's good in this. Um, uh, Matrix guy who doesn't ever take off the mask is good in this. Hugo Weaving. <laughs> Hugo I got Weaving. it. I got it. I got it. Ha mm-hmm. um, uh, Big British TV guy who turns out to be gay is good. Um, yeah. Um, 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 the crying game is good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) everybody in this movie is good. And it's just, when I first saw it, I was like, it felt like, it felt like a comic fantasy. And when you watch it today, I don't know, it's a little, it hits a little home. Well, mm-hmm. it's home a little more. Um, is this set in the, uh, the future? Is it supposed to be in the future? Yes. Yes. Where there is a... Um, religious, uh, dictatorial leader, state-run television, um, closed off from the rest of the world. Um, uh, the kind of thing that, that, again, it felt like, it felt like a fantasy story when I read it, but, um, you know, I could see a couple different countries going that way in the next 10 years and it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, there you go. I've already said too much. We were talking about, uh, you know, how much 1984 is, is sort of in this, and John Hurt plays the uh, dictator in this in this one where he was the the lowly worker in 1984. Yeah. Um, yeah, V from Vendetta, I hated this movie when it came out. Wow. I hated it. I wow. just and, and again, always know that when I first watch a movie – uh, back in this era, especially 2005, uh, I was watching um, movies late at night. And, you know, sometimes that colors your perception of what a movie is. And it's long. It's two hours and 12 minutes. Um, uh, and uh, I was just not getting into the vibe of this thing. Uh, but yes, it's uh, way better now, in my opinion. Uh, and it's got an eight point two on IMDb, so it is. All right. It has been it has been shoved up to classic status, I believe. Yeah, um, it's still now. Make no mistake, it's fucked up that he feels he has to do to her what he does to get her to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't agree that he has to do that to get her to understand. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no getting around the fact that he does torture her to try and basically change her political stance (laughs) essentially (laughs) um and uh that's unacceptable so in many ways he's not he's a standard hero um anyway that's that's worth pointing out that that that's tragically awful terrible shit the end (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody it's time to talk about movie um there is What's going on? Oh, is it the dance that Barrett was doing there? Yeah, he makes me giggle. <laughs> yes. Uh, I saw a German film from uh, 2017 called Tiger Milk. Hmm. Oh, I was uh, had my eye on that one. Um, yeah, uh, this is the type of movie I don't know if you could really make in America, really. Because it's, it's pretty, con- I mean, it would be pretty controversial here, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, even though I feel like it's, um, I don't know, there's, it's hard to explain what it is, um, uh, what it, what it may be, what the degree of controversy is here. But, um, but these are 14 year old girls who are, 
who are friends and uh and one is a native actually i think both of them are native germans but one has uh iraqi descent and her mom her her mom fled iraq uh because of oppression and everything and moved to germany and they are uh, trying to get naturalized. And she's, I think the daughter, she's the, the girl's been there all her life. She's been in Germany all her life. She doesn't have, she doesn't even know another language other than German. Hmm. Um, but it's about these two friends and they, they want to like experience things for the first time over this, over this summer break and everything. And they want to, they want to get deflowered for the first time. They want to do all these things. And there's a lot of, there's like a billion stories in this, in this thing, uh, very episodic in a way. Um, but, um, but like, you know, it's, it's just about these, about this friendship and it's a really good movie. It is kind con- it is going to be controversial for some though, because there's, there's a couple of times that in the, in the, um, effort to try to steal money from people. And that's what they do. They go around, they shoplift, they steal money. They do all these little petty crime type of things. Uh, but the, you can tell that the, uh, the, the girl from Iraq is really smart. She's gets, she gets all the good grades and everything like that while her friend doesn't. Um, but, uh, but they do all these things. And one of them is and one, one of their scams is to go up to people who go to this, prostitutes row or whatever and Mm. and tell them hey you know it's a hundred dollars if you want to do both of us or whatever and the guy gives them the money and then they run off Mm. and everything but there is one scene in here where they do this scam but the guy doesn't pay the money up front and so they get in this guy's car and of course you're like oh my god this is the stupidest thing ever mm-hmm. um and they go to a bar and he he invites a friend to come come along oh, with him you're like yeah. oh my god this is getting really bad and they're 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 drinking and everything and they get to the situation where it's time to to bring them back to their apartment and both of them in both of them decide we have to go through with this we can't mm. we can't uh, we can't get out of this now, so we might as well go ahead and we, we've said that we were, this is the summer of our defloration and everything like that. We're gonna go. With, we're gonna go through with it. So hmm. that's it, it's your you know it's up to you to decide whether or not that's uh, you know something that you should say. Well, at least they took control of it, or maybe they didn't have a choice. Still, even yeah, and it's Yeesh. really kind of one of those type of things, right? Um, but you said it's a good movie overall. I thought it was good. I thought it was mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, really interesting. There's also in the middle of all this, there is another family. There's a bunch of Bosnians in this one uh, in this one apartment, and they're upset that their daughter is dating a Serbian, and that's a really bit. It's a really big thing, and um, there's a, a lot of fighting in the family. It leads to what there. It leads to what is going to end up being a murder of somebody in the movie. Um, and, uh, and so there's a lot of things going on in this, in this movie and it's really interesting to watch. It's really interesting Mm. to watch. Uh, but like I said, there are some controversial bits in it and it depends on your tolerance for that type of thing. Uh, not nothing like, I don't think anything terribly salacious, but it is that kind of movie. And I thought it was decent. (laughs) Well, despite movie now, uh, having opened up their library of previous titles that have been in the. Uh, the 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 initial rundown. I've been actually paying more attention to the uh, the uh, the lineup 
the 30 day lineup than the library this week. Um, but just a quick note, if you do go to movie.com slash cinema you get access to all of those 30 movies and the library for free. And it's awesome. And I want to talk real quick about two uh, movies that I saw just recently. One is a short called Ola, and it's directed by Ariane Labed, uh, who's a French actress that was in uh, The Lobster, Chris. So you probably oh, yeah. would recognize her. And it's about a mail order bride from uh, Ukraine uh, that comes to Paris uh, to take care of this guy's uh, mother and to take care of the guy. And it's so fierce. It's so feminist. It's so she doesn't take any shit. And it's awesome. It's it's really, really fascinating. 27 minutes. Um, the, the actress herself, uh, forgetting her name, but uh, who, who plays Ola is just spectacular. So I would totally recommend that. Only place you can find it, I think, is movie. The other one took me way by surprise and it'll interest you, Jeremy. It'll interest you, Chris. Um, it's called The Unspeakable Act. And I was like, hmm. and so it shows, the thumbnail shows a girl and a boy in bed. So you, the mind starts to wander. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And so what this is on the face of it is this girl that is in love with her brother, in love with him romantically, in love with him uh, in every way possible. Played by a very, and I mean this in the best possible way, a very Lena Dunham-esque type of mannerisms, this this girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's 17. And she's just very, very um, Ellen, uh, Ellen Page in Juno. You know okay. what I mean? Like very straightforward, yeah. precocious, plucky, all those P words. Um, <laughs> and she's very matter of fact about it. Like she, she's saying like, you know, he's the perfect guy. He's the perfect guy for me. He just happens to be my brother. And he goes off to uh, college and everything. She has a breakdown. And Jeremy, you would love this because they have long, extended, protracted scenes of therapy. She goes to a therapist. Awesome. And her therapist challenges the fuck out of her. She's like, Mm. you know, it's not just I'm going to give you an answer if you ask me a question. I'm going to turn it around on you and ask you what you think about this. And it's such a great representation of the therapeutic process that it rules. That's, that's worth watching for it alone, but there's as salacious. And, and, you know, the, the thing is the unspeakable act as salacious as that sounds, it's a very tender hearted movie. It's a very honest movie and it's a very engaging movie. I was not prepared for how much I was going to like this. Uh, Dan Salit uh, from the U S uh, directed it in 2012 and the last thing I'll say about this, the cool thing about movies is that it's got a notebook, like right be- below the movie itself when you get done with it. You can go read articles about it, like the director will do a Q&A. And I've been doing that a lot with both uh, both of the movies that I watched this week. Uh, it gives you a lot more context, and it's very, very cool. It's movie, and we love it. It, it makes us, it makes our nipples hard. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Um, uh, it's, uh, the, did we give them the link and everything in that? That uh... yeah. So if if you want to experience all these movies and the library, uh, which is fantastic, go to movie.com slash cinemasins and thirty days completely free. You can't get a better deal than that. So just do it. 
and your nipples will be just as hard as ours. <laughs> nice. Way to go. Uh, then we have Velvet Goldmine, which uh, is another one that I should see and I haven't. Oh, um, man, this movie rules. Yeah, I heard it's great. This has a great cast, and it's it's all about um, this, this musician that uh, is trying to come out as being homosexual, um, but worried about the effects it'll have on his career, ends up faking his own death. This is not a true story. Ends up faking his own death in a performance, his own murder in a performance. And a uh, a journalist is fascinated about this and, and decides to try to find him. And uh, that guy, that character is played by Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Reese Myers is the, the, the main guy here. Uh, Ewan McGregor is another rock star. I think he's in America, ironically. Um, Eddie Izzard is in this Tony Collette. Like there's this, this movie's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something that's on the list. I need to watch. I need to watch this. Um, been, I've heard about it for years and years and years and, uh, just never have gotten around to it. Um, uh, real forgettable movie in 2005, the wedding date. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I've seen it. I couldn't tell you much about it. Um, oh. the, uh, the IMDB says it's uh, Deborah Messing hires a male escort to come with her to a wedding. And that's that what you do. That's what you do, though, right? That is what you do. And yeah. if you're Deborah Messing, you probably have a real difficult time finding dates. Seriously. Like, um, no one will go with me. Better find a hooker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's played by one of the. Der- the, the, the yes, yeah, Dermot 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 <laughs> Yeah. One of the McDermott. Yeah. <laughs> One of the dermies. But, it, but it's, not the, it's not the real one. It's the imposter. It's the Dermot Mulroney, right? Yeah, it's Dermot Mulroney. is the real McDermott. Dermot Mulroney <laughs> had a couple chances to be a romantic lead with this and uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. He's had wedding mm-hmm. in both of those titles. What's yeah. the deal there? I know. What's the deal, uh, I think he's much better suited to be a, a character actor um, and even a dramatic actor uh, than a leading romantic man. Not that he's mm. not handsome. Well, yeah, like uh, in uh, you've guys seen you guys have seen Living in Oblivion, right? I just watched most of it yesterday. It was on like mm-hmm. HBO or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a oh, it's such a great movie. Um, was it but, really? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, that's awesome that it's it's actually being shown in different places now. That movie's amazing. Yeah, yeah li- li- uh, you know he he plays he plays that uh, sound guy with the eye patch or whatever. He's really good. At it. Yeah, he is. I don't know if he's a sound guy or not. I think he he's might. He's a sound guy. Yeah. He's yeah. the ca- no, he's the camera guy. <clears throat> camera guy, yeah. Oh. Uh yeah, <laughs> that part where James Legro uh is uh is uh trying to make it where his face is more visible, but Steve Buscemi wants his acting or whatever. And Dermot Mor- Dermot Moroni goes over to Steve Buscemi and goes, Okay, what do you want? His acting or his face? <laughs> <laughs> and and Buscemi's like, Well, I was under the impression that I could get both. <laughs> great little appearance. Oh shit. I shouldn't have said that. Uh great appearance by Peter Dinklage in the movie. Oh nice. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I do love the part. I do love the part when he's like he's saying to Buscemi, he's like, "This I don't get this. Like, I don't even dream about dwarfs." 
<laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense yeah, why she would be dreaming about like, me. It's like, why oh, it's a fucking dream. There must be a dwarf in it. It's like, I'm a dwarf and I don't even have fucking dreams with dwarfs in it. <laughs> oh, man. Because he keeps telling him that he has to laugh and he's like, why? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's fucked up. It's a dream. And he's like, he's like, he's like goes on that rant. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Wedding date was instantly forgettable. Um welcome to the punch. Do not know this movie. All I remember, I've seen this movie. All I remember is that it's basically a fucking Guy Ritchie movie that Guy Ritchie had nothing to do with. Like it's mm. such a carbon copy. It's like, you know, those those movies that came out after pulp fiction that wanted to be like pulp fiction playing with timelines and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, it wants to be lock, stock, and two star- <laughs> barrels, um, or snatch, but mm-hmm. it's not. Well, uh, the guy who directed it uh, was a was some sort of miscellaneous crew on Layer Cake, which is a movie I don't think we got around to. Is that that's is it because it's not London Layer Correct. Cake? Correct. Um, uh, Layer Cake was the Matthew Vaughn that was like uh, was very much Guy Ritchie esque, and yeah. they he had produced those first two, uh, got, uh, Lock, Stock, and Snatch. Um, but uh, <laughs> welcome to yeah, Lock, Stock, and Snatch. Um, <laughs> but welcome to the punch. Uh, yeah, I, I I have never heard of it, but it has also got Mark Strong in it. Yes, it has. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, when, when Jeremy said he was in everything, he wasn't kidding. Cause he's yeah, in everything. I was not. Uh, I believe I saw this. What a girl wants Amanda Bynes movie. What a girl wants. Um, what a girl needs. Yeah. I guarantee uh, you that song is in it. I guarantee um, you that song is the inspiration for it. Yeah. American teenager learns that her father is a wealthy British politician running for Colin office. Firth, right? It is. Yep. And uh, Kelly Preston is in it as well. Although she is eager to find him, she realizes it could cause a scandal and cost him the election. And she's on the poster going like this. Yeah, man. very sexy. She's so American. They probably you play London Calling in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you say, Jeremy? I said they probably play London Calling when she's making the trip. Oh, yeah, <laughs> guaranteed. When she gets in there, it's... <laughs> <laughs> London calling. Uh, she uh she was she was she was pretty she mm-hmm. uh, she was the uh hyper religious girl in easy a right i think so yes yes uh wimbledon holy fuck i this saw this paul, movie paul bettany kirsten dunst and he's like the what 37th ranked pro tennis player yeah and yeah, he, yeah. he does hill. a he does a for love of the game type of thing here where <laughs> where he suddenly starts being awesome because people are people are underestimating him uh uh if it uh but yeah i mean it's uh it's uh it's one of those type of movies they didn't it believe sucks. him he's too old he's so old He's also getting his joint worked on by Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> He's getting his joint. <laughs> what you need to do is get your joint worked on. I'm getting my nut off this trip, and you are not going to fuck it up for me. <laughs> um, uh, next on the list, without a clue. Yeah, baby. Is this? Oh, I know I've seen this. This is uh, Michael Caine and Ben Kingsley again. 
again. Uh, maybe I haven't seen this. Oh, this really? is a Sherlock Holmes as well. This is a uh, a drunken Sherlock Holmes. No, I haven't seen this. Okay, so have you seen this, Jeremy? Mm-mm. This Mm-mm. is the one where Doctor Watson is the genius. The Ben Kingsley character is the genius, but he has to. He's been writing stories and stuff like that. Uh, but to solve a real crime, they actually uh, the police or Scotland Yard goes to him to find Sherlock Holmes and he has to produce a Sherlock Holmes. And so he gets an actor, Michael Caine, uh, to act as Sherlock Holmes, but he is quote, without a quote. Uh, this sounds awesome. It's, it's amazing. It's awesome. I love right. it. I'm totally I watched watching it a million this. times. Yeah. I, this is, this sounds like right up my alley. And, and for some reason it's, it's missed me. It's totally missed me. Yeah. This I was like- one of those late eighties movies that I just wore out on VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wolfman. Oh boy, <laughs> this movie sucks. I heard somebody in a review that I fairly respect, or maybe it was a tweet um, that actually said, "I went back and watched this, and it's not nearly as bad as you think." Yeah, and uh, I can't imagine that being. The- I, I saw that tweet through a response uh where somebody was like yeah uh this guy whoever said that was is somebody who does these kind of takes all the time oh okay okay so like when he when the guy when the guy was responding to that tweet he was like yeah like (laughs) he just can't you know i mean he, he had something smart ass to say about this guy talking about the wolf man, but I, it was basically, you can't trust what this guy says. Ah. Um, but the wolf man. Oh, it's so fucking horrible, man. The, uh, mm. this was a joyless experience, just like thoroughly joyless when I watched it. Um, and, uh, we had, uh, uh, it was, a, so Joe Johnston directed it and Joe Johnston's been around forever. He's directed movies, like tons of movies that you've heard of, like uh, Jurassic Park 3 and and uh, and uh, The Rocketeer and, uh, you know, stuff like that. He's been on a lot of movies. Small Soldiers? Uh, uh, that was Joe Dante. I knew it was a Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a Joe. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, this movie, yeah, it was just, is just bad. Benicio Del Toro is the wolf man. Anthony Hopkins plays his dad. Um, it's like Teen Wolf. Yeah, it is. It's exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, 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 yeah, got the big bushy grin. <laughs> like I should have told you this earlier about your wolf madness, but Saw I waited. The... I waited until you were a famous high school basketball player. <laughs> you saw that the, they're going to make Universal's going to make a Ryan Gosling Wolfman movie. Oh the, shit! The joke I chose to make on Twitter was, "Who's Emma Stone going to play?" The joke I wanted to make. <laughs> <laughs> joke I wanted to make is because Wolfman movies always turn out awesome. Yeah, uh, because between Wolf and Wolfman, I, I don't, I don't have any interest in another Wolfman movie. No. Even when Harry Potter brought a Wolfman into that third episode, I was like, I don't need this. I don't need werewolves. They're it's, not. There's been like one good werewolf movie. Yeah, right? I'm not and sure. It was, was Teen Wolf. <laughs> I was thinking um, London or Paris, whichever one came first. Oh, American yeah, Werewolf in London. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one's good. Uh, the the yeah the the other ones yeah like there's not much to explore anymore. They try they made this like uh, ridiculous. Uh, there's a there's actually two movies. Uh, uh, Wolf Cop came out a few years ago. Oh yeah, and and another Wolf Cop, and those are 
those are amusing. They aren't, they aren't good movies by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but there's not much to explore with the Wolfman anymore. There's, uh, there's, I mean, unless they just take it into a radically different direction in some way, like there's, I don't know how, how, uh, how much we can mine out of the fact that, you know, these people are turning into wolves at night and turning into killers and they have no idea that they're doing it. And then are normal human beings the next day. And there's, I don't know if there's much to mine out of that. You know, anymore. Wolf, the, when was that? 95 or something like that? 94. Uh, at least there was some, it was totally all over the place and it's an mm-hmm. awful movie. Yeah. But at least it had some fun in it, like some sense of humor about itself. Mm-hmm. This one, the Wolf Man, is like you said, like joyless. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just grungy mm-hmm. and nasty, and like, yeah, why do I want to watch this? Yeah. Um, other movies. Uh, so, so James Bond, obviously, uh, almost all the James Bonds end up in London, so- London somehow, London. <laughs> uh, 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 somehow because uh, you know he has to go into MI6 and get his missions and shit like that. But most of the movies are globe trotting all over the world. And, uh, but, um, what is anybody got a favorite James Bond? Um, the one that doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Skyfall is probably up there. I like Casino Royale, but I think Casino Royale is like 20 minutes too long. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So because I think it ends, it, for me. the climax of Casino Royale is once he, you know, he, he gets done with the poker tournament and everything. And then there's this whole thing like, well, we got to also make sure that we kill Ava green and like have him suffer for it for the next three movies. Oh well, um, yeah. And then you've got that crazy fucking torture scene. Yeah. Uh, where he's getting his balls beat in and then mm-hmm. fucking, uh, not Christoph Waltz gets fucking offed right after that. So it's just not, I don't like, it. um, but uh my 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 favorite uh i don't know i don't know i haven't reassessed but after i watched all of them before casino royale came out uh the spy who loved me was my favorite one out of that and that's a roger moore and i know a lot of people like the sean connery stuff better and probably for sure the tech technically those sean connery those early sean connery's the thunderballs of the world are are better but the one that I enjoyed the most was the spy who loved me. And I also liked, uh, the George Lazenby one, the, uh, on her majesty's secret service. I thought that was a great one. I hear uh, that a lot. Yeah. So, um, other ones that, uh, could probably just, uh, round out the whole thing. Uh, um, Christopher Robin, I have seen this. This is, this is pretty much Peter Pan. I mean, hook all over again. <laughs> he doesn't uh, remember uh, Pooh. He, he doesn't remember Pooh. Pooh has to come back to him. He's a he's a dumbass. He's boring. He's all that bullshit. <laughs> and and Pooh shows up at a, in a time of need. <laughs> I don't know what's so funny, but. <laughs> Repeat it. Is it is it the poo part? The I keep poo? thinking of I keep thinking of that Seinfeld episode when uh George gets smarter by not having sex and Elaine gets dumber by not having sex. <laughs> and she's doing a crossword puzzle and she's like a four letters, Winnie the and her boyfriend goes, Poo, and she goes, Poo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh but uh yeah, uh 
Ewan McGregor and not Jude Law this time plays Christopher Robin. And um and uh Ewan McGregor is, yeah, like I said, he's just uh, a boring asshole and he needs to he needs a uh an insertion of poo in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding me every time. <laughs> um and we we briefly mentioned it, the constant gardener uh is on this list another uh this one was uh i believe uh fernando moreas who did um city of god uh directed oh, really? constant gardener this was his follow-up to city of god i have not seen the movie since it came out but i remember not liking it too much um that's about a dude who just refuses to stop gardening, right? He he refuses. He's out there right now, man. <laughs> yeah, there I'm is a so point. Oh. There is a point when his wife comes out and says, "You need to stop gardening," and he's like, "No," and it's the biggest scene of the movie. <laughs> uh, but no, Ray Fines, uh, Rachel Vice, Danny Houston. Uh, but it's got a seven point four on the IMDb, so it apparently has a following. Um, I just haven't seen it since it came out. Uh, the Iron Lady, the Margaret Thatcher, uh, uh, Meryl Streep movie. Um, she won the Oscar for this. Uh, I remember this being, uh, it was weird because, you know, Meryl Streep is nominated for everything every time she, she does any movie. And there were movies that came out long ago, and she had already won two. So this wasn't a makeup Oscar in any, at, at any point. Um and uh, she'd already won too, but and she had a ton of other performances that they could have uh, given her the win for, but the Iron Lady is the one that ended up deciding to give her third Oscar for. Um, and I think over a lot of better, uh, I, I can't remember who all was nominated that year, but I think there were some others that I would have rather seen um, win. Did you see this movie, Chris? Um, <laughs> this is going to make me sound shitty, but no, because... Uh, I'm sitting here uh, saying other people should have won the Oscar, even though I haven't seen this performance. But the one, the performance, but the but the performance I see, I saw, was not as 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 much as the is as the ones that I wanted. I'm going to look up the 2011 Oscars here. Jennifer Lawrence, Amy Adams. So we have Michelle Williams, Michelle Williams, My Week with Marilyn, uh, Viola Davis, the the Help. Rooney Mara, the girl with the dragon tattoo, and Glenn Close for Albert Nobbs. I think Glenn Close was favored to win for Albert Nobbs, and Meryl Streep swooped in and stole it from her. Uh, but no, that's. Uh, I thought that I thought there were more in there um, that were. Uh, so yeah, it might have been one of those where the category was was split up enough that you know Meryl Streep ended up winning that one. Um, but I think the, the the story around that was that Glenn Close was supposed to win that. Meryl Streep ended up taking it. She wasn't knobby enough. She wasn't knobby enough. That's she true. She needed to be knobbier. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, then, yeah, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, so why was this in the like the remnant? Because uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it. Okay. I have not seen it. I don't look at I didn't look at your title above that. I just saw something that I just saw the might be worth discussing. I didn't see the uh the other part of it where you're like I haven't seen these. Um you haven't seen Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? 
on the list of shame. Oh my god, dude. This is this movie is so fucking you that it's like <laughs> it's like it practically comes with a Barrett share uh photograph with it. Uh <laughs> we know uh, where you live. Um I you, Jeremy, you you said you don't like Guy Ritchie movies, right? Uh no uh uh oh, I hated Aladdin. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lockstock is what I would call the best Guy Ritchie movie. And yeah. I definitely love that movie. And it was something we picked up at the video store, Josh and I, not knowing who Guy Ritchie was or who what this movie was. I'm sure it had something on the box like Tarantino thought it was awesome. Right. Uh, and so we picked it up and it's such it's so fucking funny, even though it's a caper. Um yeah, it's like, you know, I would say Barrett, you, you would dig it the most, but you know, I still haven't watched a simple favor, even though you guys. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to slip you this movie, Barrett. I'm going to slip okay. it to you. Uh, but, it. but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, a group of friends. One of them uh, basically takes their entire savings and plays in a poker game. And he's really awesome at poker. And he is on the verge of winning a ton, but he's in a game that is rigged because the one of the one of the players is has another person looking through a peephole basically at that guy's cards and in a and in a major hand where like tons of money goes in um he he loses it all because he's pretty sure he has the best hand in uh in that uh, thing they're playing some kind of different poker i'm not familiar with that kind of poker that they're playing in that game hmm. but uh but uh but they lose all this money and so he and and in the middle of it he uh the the guy he's playing against loans him the money to continue playing in the hand because it goes that far up in uh in stakes and so after the after the hand is over they owe this dude a bunch of money. So then they have to plot, how do we make, how do we get this much money in a short period, in a short period of time and not, ki- not be killed uh, for doing it. And in the middle of all this, all of these schemes that they keep coming up with involve all sorts of other gangsters that keep coming in to the picture. And there are a million different stories going on all at once. And there's so much fun plotting in it. Mm. Um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very high on my list of some, one of my favorite movies to pop in and just have on as background a lot of times, but I love watching it. It's great. All um, right. All right. I'm sold. Yeah. So when I, when I stumbled on Lockstock and two smoking barrels, I would have never thought that was under a list of movies that you haven't seen. That's yeah. why it completely like escaped my head that that's what this list was. Uh, the madness of King George. I believe this is uh, Nigel Hawthorne who plays uh, King George the Third uh, in this. He was uh, nominated, I believe. Um, uh, Nigel Hawthorne, uh, I know uh, Jeremy. Jeremy knows uh, from D- Demolition Man. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I'm trying to remember if I saw this movie, and he actually suffered from some sort of mental illness, right? And that was the, yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to see if he, I didn't, I don't think I ever saw this Helen Mirren's call, in it. They called him the mad King until, uh, the Kingslayer stabbed mm-hmm. him in the back. 
mm-hmm. in the uh, in the Iron Throne room. There was a point where he's like, "Kill them all," and that's when Jamie came in there and and slayed his ass. Barrett, have you still not watched most of Game of Thrones? I've watched. Uh, Did you get my joke? Th- okay, so you understood my joke. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, good. You were giving I've me a face uh, that I couldn't first, quite tell. No, no, no. I'm because I I watched the first three seasons and then I watched the last season. So I guess okay. I'm evenly, like, slightly over half. All right, that's good. Um, but yeah, Hawthorne and uh, and Helen Mirren were both nominated for this movie. Um, Maul Flanders, the Morgan Freeman movie with Robin Wright. Um, I've never seen Maul Flanders. There was um, all these like fucking movies like Mary Riley and 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 Maul <laughs> Flanders and oh, Mary like, Riley is <laughs> an awful movie. Oh, Mary my God. Riley. Oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> I have I own a, a DVD case of Maul Flanders that has no disc in it, <laughs> and I think that probably about sums up that movie pretty well. Um, that the, the only thing I I even know tangentially to this movie is that there's a Simpsons joke where Ned opens the leftorium. I think it's when he opens the leftorium, and he's like. He's like, uh, he's like, I just opened up a open up a shop here in the mall. You might as well call me Mall Flanders. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Nickleby. I've never seen this. This is another Dickens. Um, and yeah, I've yeah. seen one movie version of this. I think it was a TV movie, and I didn't watch all of it. Uh, this has Charlie Hunnam as Nicholas Nickleby. It's also got Jamie Bell in it, Christopher Plummer, Jim Broadbent again. Um, Jamie Mark Strong. Uh, Charlie <laughs> yeah, Hunnam's probably. not British originally, is he? Uh, I think he is. Wow, I only know him from that uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, he's uh, he was born in Newcastle, England. Okay, mm. all right, good enough. Yeah, it's him. And then they have, uh, who else is in this? There's another. Oh, Anne Hathaway is in this Nicholas Nickleby. Mm. Um, but I've never seen it. Uh, Notes on a Scandal. I have seen this. Uh, is this uh, Judy Dench and Kate Blanchett? Yeah. God, I saw this. I was in New York at the time, and I was in the middle of seeing a billion movies that were nominated for Oscars. And I just don't remember much about this. A veteran high school teacher befriends a younger art teacher who is having an affair with one of her 15-year-old students. However, her intentions with this new friend also go well beyond a platonic friendship. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't I've remember enough about it. I don't remember it. I saw it. Yeah, you same saw here. It? <laughs> I saw it. You uh, know I like movies where... Uh, Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one day, Anne Hathaway romantic comedy. I have never seen this. Oh, this is the one with uh, Jimmy Boy, poker player, twenty-one, right? Oh, Jim Sturgis. I think so. Right? Isn't it Jim Sturgis? One I day. Know. I don't think I've seen this movie. Poker it's, boy. <laughs> poker boy, twenty-one. Uh, uh, yeah, it is Jim Sturgis. All right. I think. Uh, isn't there like a supernatural kind of thing to this movie i feel Um, like there's a supernatural kind of thing to this movie after spending the night together on the night of their college graduation dexter and emma are shown each year on the same date to see where they are in their lives they are sometimes together sometimes not on that day oh okay so it's like sliding doors meets the beyond or before movies yeah or or maybe even uh uh uh, about time or something like that yeah yeah 
Uh, it's got a 7.0 on the IMDb. All right. All right. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. The Painted Veil. That's another movie I have seen. But I thought this was boring as fuck when I watched it. Um, British medical doctor fights a cholera epidemic in a small Chinese village while being trapped that at home in a loveless riveting. marriage to an unfaithful wife. And yeah, it's got Naomi Watts, Edward Norton, Lee F. Schreiber. Uh, but yeah, I remember seeing that and I was just like, man, this movie's boring. I can't, I can't take this. Um, <laughs> and it's probably great. I just saw it under bad circumstances. Uh, passion 2012 De Palma movie. I have, I have, I not no, I haven't seen this. De Palma has made a lot of very like strange movies in the past couple of like, like decade or two. Jeremy, have you seen this? This is um, mm. Rachel McAdams and Numi Rapace. Wait, maybe I have seen that. Yeah, it seems like something that you'd be interested in. I like how you put that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I haven't seen this. Yeah, uh, there was. Uh, he did a movie. He did a movie called Femme Fatale in two thousand two. That was just I've seen that very De Palma, but it's not very good. Right. Um, and uh, then he did the Black Dahlia, which was based on the James Elroy book, and. Uh, that movie's not very good at all mm. either. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, Passion, never have seen that. Uh, repulsion, uh, Roman Polanski. <laughs> passion, Repulsion. Yeah, Repulsion. <laughs> repulsion. Now, talk about a movie that should just have Barrett's face all over it is Repulsion. Ooh. This is, <laughs> this movie is right the <laughs> fuck up your alley, dude. That's what uh, I hear. Yeah. Um, I've seen this a couple of times. Um, uh, Catherine Deneuve is in this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, this, uh, this movie is something that you definitely need to see. I, I, I would highly recommend it for, for Barrett. This um, is, uh, she, she is repulsed by men, right? Yes. Uh, and, and there's something to do with their next door neighbor or something like that. Uh, it sounds very Hitchcockian, even though it's uh, Roman Polanski. Yeah, but, uh, I've had this recommended. Of, she's having a lot of like like terrible visions and things like that uh, during it, and um, I think she's just I think she's sex repulsed more than just men repulsed. But mm. yeah, it's 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 along that it's along that line. But uh, but uh, this is that's a highly highly recommended movie. Uh, uh, for many people, but especially you, Barrett. Um, we got some homework to do. <laughs> yeah. The Rhythm Section, that's a movie that came out earlier this year, and and uh, Barrett points out that no one saw. And, yeah, I think it record-breakingly no one yeah. saw. Like, I think Aaron was, Deister was the only person that saw it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, which is, it's 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 weird. It's not, it's not terribly weird because it looks terrible, but, like, it's weird because there were so many trailers like the Every movie I watched had a rhythm section trailer on it. And you would think that that would be enough to get like at least a, a few people to, to, to go watch the movie opening weekend. But I think it had a record setting for a wide release, uh, lowest amount of gross, uh, on an opening weekend. That's um, crazy. Run fat boy, run. I have seen this. This is Simon Pegg. This is um, a movie that uh, 
he's sort of branching out into drama on this one, although it's, oh, really? it's, it's lighthearted um, and everything. Uh, this is the one where uh, he perceives, I think it's his ex-girlfriend starts dating somebody. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember that whole thing. I think her, his ex-girlfriend starts dating somebody and he wants to improve himself. So he's, he wants to run in a marathon. Um, and so he starts training to run in a marathon to try to, I don't know if he's trying to get her back though. Uh, five years after jilting his pregnant fiance on their wedding day, out of shape, Dennis decides to run a marathon to win her back. So yeah, he is trying to win her back. And she's dating Hank Azaria. Yes. Yes. That will, uh, that will make anybody, that will make anybody want to improve themselves when they, See that their ex-girlfriend is now dating Hank Azaria. You know, it happens in Great Expectations. Uh, Gwyneth uh-huh. Paltrow does that. It happens in Along Came Polly. He's the scuba. He's saying, yeah. you, you want to go scuba? And yeah. uh, he's all buff and everything. He fucks uh, Deborah Messing, like in the in the boat. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't mean to be disparaging of Hank Azaria. He always plays these smarmy characters is all I'm saying. And he, yeah. and, and he's, he's, he's like, that's one thing that people always bring up. That motherfucker is cut, man. He is well in shape. Yeah. I love him in the birdcage, man. Yeah. Like, if you can, if you can, if you can steal a movie from Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, and you're, <laughs> you're an all timer in my book, man. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that uh, was it. Uh, is it Brockmire that's been on FX? That's been I going haven't caught on. it yet, but it gets great reviews. That's yeah, been on for like four or five seasons now. I yep. saw the first season, but I haven't. I didn't. I didn't realize it was a show that was going to keep going like that and everything. Um, so I I didn't continue watching it. Uh, Secrets and Lies, Mike Lee again, and this is another oh. movie I need to see. It's another one of those that. Uh, I've missed out on, and this is, I think this is generally considered his best, Secrets and Lies. Is this Ian McKellen? Um, there are a lot of people in this, which means it's right up your alley, uh, Barrett. <laughs> well, there's a lot of secrets to keep and a lot mm-hmm. of lies to tell about it. Yeah, but there's a lot of people, though. There's a lot of people Brenda to Blethen, handle, right? Uh, it's got, uh, so it's got Timothy Spall, Brenda Blethyn, Marianne, Marianne Jean-Baptiste, uh, Leslie Manville's in it. Uh, not a lot of like super famous people. Mm. All right. Not at least uh, that are credited at the very beginning of the IMDb's uh, thing. It doesn't look like there's very many. By the way, how do they figure the, uh, how to credit uh, people on there? Because sometimes it's in order of appearance and sometimes it's by name and it doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason. It is the way the movie credits the people. Oh, I see. So if the credits roll in order of appearance and that's how it appears on the IMDb, how it appears on the IMDb. Interesting. And, uh, then I don't know. There's probably some other variations other than the order that the, uh, that the credits do. Uh, but most of the time that's what they're following. That's um, interesting. Uh, huh. but anyway, uh, I ran into that for, uh, when I was uh, looking at it for uncut gems, uh, it was like all these names of very unusual looking names. And it was the Ethiopian miners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? What is going yeah. on here? Cause, uh, cause I, at the beginning of the movie, at least it's credited Adam Sandler with Keith Stanfield and, and on and on and on. But then I guess that they take IMDB takes the end credits and mm-hmm. transposes those anyway. Yeah. Uh, Vera Drake. I don't know this movie at all. 
Um, she was uh, an abortionist. Uh, she was. Uh, it's Melda uh, Staunton, I think. Okay. Never saw it, but I think she was uh, nominated for an Oscar. Uh, or she was great. not an abortionist. She was the one of the only people in London <clears throat> that was offering him. It's another Mike Lee movie. Amelda Staunton, Jim Broadbent. Once again, it's a, it's, a, it's a neck and neck between Broadbent and Mark Strong for most mentions <laughs> in one podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, nominated for three Oscars: Staunton, uh, Lee, and Best Writing for Mike Lee as well. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to get on a Mike Lee kick. This is one of these directors that uh, <laughs> I have sorely missed. Uh, with Nail and I do not know this. I, I've heard of this movie, but I don't know what it's about. Is this based on a book? Uh, I believe so. It it uh, has Richard E. Grant in it. Um, yeah, and I think he was. Oh, he may have been nominated. It does not look like it's ba- based on a book, but it is. Um, so Bruce Robinson wrote and directed this. This is an original thing. Hmm. Um, but no, it doesn't appear to have any nominations, but. Um, I just remember but, hearing a lot about it when he was uh, that movie that you hated with uh, Melissa McCarthy, Jeremy. Uh, the forgive just me, just the one. <laughs> <laughs> he was nominated for "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" I think is is the name of that. Movie. Oh well, he's good in that. Yeah, um, yeah, she's fine in it too. I just um, don't like her. I don't like her character. This one I should have seen, but I have not. Witness for the prosecution. This is Billy Wilder. Uh, oh, this is yeah. this is um, uh, based on an Agatha Agatha Christie novel as well. Uh, this is a movie that I probably uh, need to put on my list immediately. Uh, Eight point four on the IMDb. Jeez. Um, and yeah, this is a movie that unfortunately I haven't seen. I'm going to remedy that soon. Uh, and then the Young Lions, uh, Marlon Brando, Montgomery Cliff, Dean Martin. Uh, I've never seen that as well. I believe it's a war movie. And yeah, it's World just War one of those II drama. That, yeah, that uh, I uh, I should see, uh, and I I'll get around to it at some point. We've all got some homework this was to before, do. I think this was before he was Brando was huge too. I think like before he was a big star. Oh yeah. Um, I love me some early Brando. That man was attractive. Yeah, he was. He was 1958. 1958. So he had done, he had done on the waterfront. So he was, he was up there already. So yeah, this was after on the waterfront. Uh, okay. So that does it for our, our, uh, our road trip through London. Through London. We never have to talk about England again. Never. (laughs) We've got a very special episode coming at you. I believe next week, by the way, uh, that will be, Lots of fun. Uh, and also, now's as good a time as any to mention that our sister podcast, the, quote, B-team of Cinema Sins, uh, doing Behind the Sins, or BTS, is going on their one-year anniversary. So congratulations Yay! to those guys, Aaron and Danae and Jonathan. They've done a great job. They really have done a great job with that podcast. I enjoy listening to it, uh, hearing other perspectives on, you know, the, the the videos themselves, the movies, the the shows, all that stuff. Uh, good on them. Yeah, 
Um, is that, is that, uh, the, the crux of the announcement is that they've been on for a year. Is there anything special that they're doing? There is. They're actually collecting best of moments. Yeah. You send them your favorite, uh, moment from a BTS podcast at a timestamp if possible. And they're going to try and put together kind of a clips dealy deal, uh, for all their listeners. Yeah. That'd be cool. You can send it to the email address of BTS at cinemasins.com. That really shouldn't have been that hard. To remember, BTS at cinemasins.com. We've got so many fucking email addresses, though, and so many (laughs) things to keep track of. It's true. So, yeah, you didn't remember that? Fuck it. I'm fine with it. Uh, Everybody else should be, too. Um, uh, So, uh, okay, well, that's going to do it for this week. Keep going to Syncast, presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, music video since Twitter. Uh, SoundCloud. We're also on uh, Discord. If you want to get on Discord, you can go to our Reddit page and find the link on the right side and go there. Or you can go to the private messages on Facebook and ask for a link there. We also are on Patreon. Uh, if, yeah. uh, if you ever wanted to go on Patreon and uh, and uh, there's there's uh, some some bonus content, some bonus videos. Uh, we do some uh, some 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 questions for the Sincast on it. Some some good stuff that we mm-hmm. put out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Scherer. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I do like the uh, uh, the red shirt thing. I was not aware there was a a memo mm-hmm. going out. I'll there tell was. you what: if we if the three of us go on a Star Trek mission today, you are going to be the sole survivor. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. that that so some sort of uh, sin and a TV sins recently that that just just randomly mentioned red shirts, and I did not know or remember that that was a Star Trek thing. So oh, yeah. like. So I looked up, I went, put red shirts into Google and, uh, I would, I would, and you would think such a well-known common term for Star Trek people who get killed would be one of the first searches. Uh, but it, but what came up was like some terrorist organization. Oh, like I went back on the notes and I said, is this about some terrorist organization? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, no, no, it's like Star Trek, like the the people who die. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. That's what they call those. Jesus Christ. And it cuts to Adam Sandler going, holy shit, I'm going to (laughs) come. And so I I cut out the shit, but I'm like, should I cut out the cum because it's funnier with it? It's there, there's all this unnecessary stuff like like minor frustrations that keep building yeah. and stuff that like you know like you know he 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 comes in and like oh there's Kevin Garnett's bodyguards they're kicking out the the uh, the the uh, other guy's bodyguards and yeah. uh, and and then he's like trying to get into his own store but those bodyguards are like. 
like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, this is my store. And, and just like, oh, he goes in and there's like all these people always wandering by, wanting stuff from him. Like the one guy wants his Michael Jackson pendant back. There's another yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. There's another guy who's like, you've been giving me these fake Rolex watches. I want my money back. There's all these all like. Simon just, looking motherfucker. Yeah. There's all these people that keep doing stuff. And then there's like, you know, he gets, he gets, he's in that, in the middle of that Kevin Garnett thing where he's like, totally failing to sell him anything and then that box comes in with the big uh the the opal yeah and uh and like during the middle of that you have one of his employees coming up and saying hey man i've been working for you eight years blah, 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 oh blah, blah, blah. this is this is not right what are you doing you looking at fish what are you looking at? <laughs> oh, that's bullshit he's like he's like they ripped my shirt he's like here here's an armani shirt it's worth five hundred dollars just <laughs> immediately yeah oh my god as soon as he gets that fucking ring he goes straight to this this dude this very authentic uh new york looking dude by the way the guy who, I, like, I got, uh, you gotta think that that's a real pawn guy man <laughs> he talked he talks it he talks it too well to real to be an actor you know, I know all, right, just, all right i'm gonna put went to this guy i'm gonna put seven percent vig twenty one hundred dollars on the ring you don't come back by friday it's my ring you know <laughs> you know it's all memorabilia hey i'll talk like this <laughs> but i did see i had a very weird day where i watched this movie i'd never seen that you've heard of and probably seen the the last emperor yeah the bertolucci movie mm-hmm. <clears throat> which yeah. uh, won a bunch of awards and kind of bored me Best picture. Um, and then I watched this uh, really terribly titled movie called Official Secrets, um, which sounds like a spoof, right? Like a spoof mm-hmm. of Snowden or something. Yeah, but it should like have an exclamation point at the end. Yeah, <laughs> but it actually is like Snowden, and it's about a whistleblower in um, London, Keira Knightley plays her, who um, leaked a memo that exposed that the U.S. and the U.K. were basically strong arming other countries into approving the war in Iraq. Um, this is like in 2002, 2003. Um, and you know, it's not a great movie, but she's such a good actress. I was pretty mm-hmm. riveted the whole time. It doesn't mm-hmm. really hit too many beats. You're not expecting, uh, Ray Fiennes plays her lawyer. He's pretty good. Um, but I really enjoyed that one. Uh, whereas the last emperor, I was like, huh? Okay. Was that a thing? Was that uh, like a true story or a true yep. Uh, yep. theory in or whatever fact, it is? Yeah. In fact, the the last scene of the movie is they, they decide not to press charges because they and they have to admit in court they don't think they can win. And so she walks out and there's all these reporters and turns around and it's the real girl instead of Kira Knightley. And it's the oh, real news footage of her answering questions after she her charges were dropped. Um so, yeah, I anyway. think the, the Last Emperor had this uh, cachet of being like the first movie to get mm-hmm. shot inside the Forbidden City yep. ever or something. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's a three and a half hour epic. And then during the middle of the 80s, that's all they awarded. Uh, <laughs> Gandhi yeah. out of Africa. Yeah, yeah. God damn it, man. It was like, <laughs> you know, you might as well, you know, like as soon as it was announced, it had the Oscar. Um, yeah, I mean, but, it looked, it looked pretty. Uh, I just was, you know, it was mostly boring to me and I hate to be, I'm not trying to be offensive. The, the, the man, you know, might be a good guy. <laughs> I don't know. The man. Uh, yes. But, uh, the movie wasn't very entertaining for me. Have you seen Lucy in the sky yet? 
I have. I've I've watched it twice. <laughs> oh yeah, really? Uh, well, since it came on HBO like a week or two ago, and uh, it's bad, man. Yeah, like, it is. Is it really? Yeah. Like I haven't seen it all the way through, but I've seen a lot of it. Yeah, and I'm like, God, why? Why <laughs> is this like that? Noah Hawley did this movie. Yeah, man, it made no sense. It doesn't. Uh, and 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 you know. I don't even. How do you get Natalie Portman and John Hamm together and have no sparks whatsoever? None, none. It's well, they must. Maybe they don't like each other in real life or something. But there is no chemistry know. there. I don't know. They, they, yeah, it doesn't seem believable that they're having amazing sex. Yeah, uh, I, like I they keep talking think, about. I don't think I'm going to watch it a third time. It's not going to be my new <laughs> Cloud Atlas where I'm determined to <laughs> find something that's not there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Anyway. Yeah, I haven't seen it all the way through. I, I intend to at least see the parts that I haven't seen yet, but like, God, I mean, I can see why that was uh, so terribly panned. Mm-hmm. Even without the nudity, like none of those sex scenes that she's ever in seem all that sexy. And a lot of times that's the point, like yeah. the one in Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But the one in Lucy in the Sky, that should mm-hmm. be like burning desire. And it's not, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it just doesn't, <laughs> Doesn't come off that way at all. Nope. It's just like, nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like that. Bottom. Except step for that one. part. Step one, <laughs> put it in. Step two, pull it out. <laughs> Except for that one part where she's like, pile drive me. Pile drive me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did go back and watch that scene in Meaning of Life, by the way, where John Cleese uh, invites his wife in to uh, teach sex ed. And the joke is that none of the boys are are interested in this at all. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're fucking off and they're passing notes and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, John Cleese is like, Hyman, your attention, please. I see that you're passing that note. And then he's like, have we talked about vaginal juices? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, oh, oh yeah. So we've done that. And then his wife comes in she's like, Oh, hello. You know, and she's you know, <laughs> taking off all her clothes and everything. And uh, he takes off. They're talking about like meeting the couple for dinner, like later on that night. And then they're like, "Okay, now you see that the uh, vagina is lubricated, and I thrust. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention, Parker. I thrust again. 